Hi, I'm Ayala Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each week we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, and outline some insight about early development. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. I am a speech and language pathologist, and I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthinwords.com. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to I yell it. Hello to the singers. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies. Hello to the toddlers. Hello, hello, hello. Hello to the children. Hello to the grown-ups. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to your friends. Hello to my friends. Hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Let's all say hello to all the little people at different stages in their development. Hello to all the newborns, hello to babies reaching, hello, 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 hello to all the crawlers, hello to all the walkers, hello, hello, hello. One last time, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. Today I want to speak a bit about the way experience influences learning. So much of what we discuss in Strength in Words episodes is related to the notion of exposing young children to many different types of experiences, those that they can learn from through touch, sound, vision, movement, taste, and those that can combine those different sensory elements. Psychologist Jean Piaget defined several stages of cognitive development that children move through. Now, over the years, the specifics of certain details have met with some contention when new research comes out, but Piaget's stages of development remain a basic model for our understanding of development, especially in the early years. Remember, this is a model for cognitive development, but as we've talked about in previous episodes such as holistic learning, 
So much of early development is interrelated. It is impossible to completely separate an infant or toddler's cognitive development from her motor, social, emotional, or even communication development. This is because infants and toddlers experience the senses and integrate information in a very different way than adults. They're constantly being stimulated, if not bombarded, by all their senses. And to ensure that life is not a completely overwhelming experience, their brains and bodies must learn to make sense of the world through patterns of behavior, of movement, etc. I want to touch upon the first two of Piaget's stages to give you a better sense of how all this is related to experiential learning. But first, as you might have guessed, I want to remind you that musical and literary experiences are the perfect vehicle for movement, auditory, visual, tactile, and emotional experiences, and can focus a young child's attention as well as engage the senses to help solidify experiences with vocabulary, with movement patterns, and with bonding between child and caregiver. The activity I want to illustrate in this episode is very easy to individualize to any book, but I'm going to use one of my friend Valentina's favorites. It's called Bear on a Bike, written by Stella Blackstone and illustrated by Debbie Harter. There are so many aspects of this book that Valentina and I love. First, it has very simple, brightly colored illustrations that feature a few key characters on each page who find themselves moving by way of various vehicles to different settings. The places they go are described with rich detail in simple rhyming verse, and the entire book is full of repeating lines which are beautifully repetitive, but which also highlight the variation of the different experiences our characters share along the way. Remember how much I love experiences which allow for repetition with variation? Well, along with the book, I have a few props with me which reflect characters or objects from the story, including a basket in which I've placed a teddy bear and several items from within the book, and I have a bit of room on the floor to roam around and play with Valentina. Now, if I were just introducing this book to Valentina, I'd want to read it through first, or simply look at some of the pictures with her and talk about what we saw. Once the book was somewhat familiar, I might offer the basket of related objects, either just before or after reading, or simply as an available activity at any time. Why don't you listen while Valentina and I play? Okay, Vale, let's read Bear on a Bike! Bear on a bike, as happy as can be. Where are you going, bear? Please wait for me. I'm going to the market, where fruit and flowers are sold, where people buy fresh oranges and pots of marigold. Ooh, look, here's bear. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, and here's an orange. Do you want to smell it? Mmm, it smells so good. Oh, you're putting it up to your mouth? Should we take a bite? It's so sweet. Here, I'll peel it while you look inside of the basket for something else. Oh, you found a train. Should we read the page with the train? Okay. Bear on a steam train, as happy as can be. Where are you going, Bear? Please wait for me. I'm going to the seaside where children love to play, while young friends dig and race and swim, while fishes dart away. 
you can see how the book can become the vehicle for an entire set of play activities and exploration of objects through touch and through the learning and focus of specific vocabulary. I also allowed Valentina's actions to guide the activity. When she opened her mouth and attempted to take a bite of the orange, I read that as a communicative act and suggested that if she was hungry, we could certainly open the orange and take a bite. Her selection of the objects also guided the reading. It was not necessary that pages were read in order. Rather, the items she picked up led me to read the page on which that object was mentioned. In this way, I both validated Valentina's choice-making and also highlighted that that object represented something specific. In addition, and perhaps most importantly, I immediately gave her an experience with that word, putting it in the context of a sentence, a story, and pairing it with a visual image in the book, and placing it within a rhyme to give it a musical, rhythmic quality, which might enhance her memory and enjoyment of the experience. How rich. And again, for those of you who are not terribly interested in singing to your children, remember that rhythmic chants are also very powerful musical experiences. Nursery rhymes and books that are written in rhyme are natural sources of material that can lend rhythm to your daily life. Let's move into another song before we dive any deeper into our discussion. Here's an old nursery rhyme that I've given a melody and also come up with countless variations to change its meaning and use and to personalize it for your family. The man in the moon looked out of the moon, and this is what he said. Tis time that now I'm getting up, all children go to bed. The baby in the house looked out of the house, and this is what she said. I've played enough inside today, so let's go out instead. Valentina, my love, it is the end. The end of the day is near. So tidy up, we'll take a bath and go to sleep, my dear. Oh, mama, oh, mama, what have you done? What have you done with my shoe? I only have one. I can't go out with one shoe and one sock too. Just a short plug here for a special project I've been working on. I'm working on the release of a Strength in Words musical album. I know that many of you listeners out there enjoy the musical component of this podcast, and I'm hard at work to create something special for you to bring into your home, in the car, and wherever suits you. If you want to make sure to stay informed about my album, please visit this week's podcast episode page on the website strengthinwords.com. Now, 
Earlier, I mentioned that the first two stages of psychologist Jean Piaget's model of cognitive development were of particular importance when trying to understand the way that infants and toddlers learn. The first stage, which lasts from the newborn stage through about two years old, is known as the sensory motor stage. Within this stage, infants and toddlers, or younger toddlers, explore the world by coming into direct contact with it, primarily through sensory and motor experiences. What this means is that young children learn primarily through movement, touch, and other sensory experiences. As my lovely guest Anya Witkowska reiterated in our episode, Understanding Babies Through Movement. What these little ones are doing by touching, listening, looking, moving through space and tasting or mouthing is learning. They are constantly processing this world through their experiences of it. So what changes at age two? Piaget calls the next stage of cognitive development the pre-operational stage. And within this stage, which carries on through the bulk of early childhood from age two through about age seven, A young child starts to use symbols, such as words, signs, or gestures, to represent the people, objects, environments, thoughts, and ideas in which they experience the world. Reason and logic continue to be emerging skills, and children within this stage are quite egocentric, meaning that the self is all important. Remember our recent discussion about the term theory of mind in my episode, A Theory of the Mind? Young children are learning about how to integrate information about others and attempting to understand how others think and perceive the world. But this process of learning the ability to take another's perspective, to understand the notion that the world may look different to different people... That has to do with the ability to think outside of oneself, and this is a big part of why pretend play, such as reenacting situations, interactions, or stories, and symbolic play, or the use of one object to represent another, like using a wooden block to pretend to brush one's hair, are such important areas to encourage in young children. We see that infants and toddlers often repeat actions or explore through touch or put things including their hands and their mouths, and that they benefit greatly from multisensory experiences that allow them to, and in fact require them, to process different kinds of sensory information at the same time. Again, this is why music and reading are the perfect vehicles for movement, auditory, tactile, and social-emotional experiences. You can see why if a children doesn't have the benefit of experiencing the world with her body and brain from an early age, then there is a smaller collection of experiences for that child to draw upon in terms of the vocabulary and personal experiences that child has integrated into her own knowledge of the world. A young child whose mobility is affected by disability or a pre-existing condition can really be limited in experiences not only because they cannot as readily physically explore the world around them, but also of course due to logistical issues, finding and being fitted with the right kind of gear to ease mobility, getting out in the community, finding good care providers, etc. But the more exposure any child of any level of ability has to a varied set of experiences of the world, vocabulary and textures, environments and sensations, the richer a young child's experience will be. 
This doesn't have to translate into traveling to distant lands or joining classes and visiting museums and learning centers every chance you get. Of course, these are enriching experiences, but I'm talking about going outside, feeling the breeze, moving in the rain, experiencing aspects of the local community, and learning to adapt and becoming flexible so that your child, at any age or stage of development, can access her environment. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye, all the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, I yelled. Goodbye to this music. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. For instructions to play with and ideas for how to use your very own DIY book reading and prop play basket, you can head over to my website, strengthandwords.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher as well as straight from the website. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on any and all of those forums. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing here at Strength and Words, you can do so by visiting my website and clicking on the link to either make a one-time donation or by becoming a patron of Strength and Words on Patreon. I'll be here again next week. Bye.